Hey, I'm Michael. And I'm Garland. And this is our Clarity Podcast that's designed to assist you as you are working through the Clarity material at Fellowship Bible Church in the year 2020 as we're seeking to see Jesus more clearly. And as you know, our Clarity experience thus far has been guided by the ancient Christian calendar. We began back in December with Advent as we anticipated the coming of Jesus. And and we've worked our way through the calendar, uh, through Easter, and then Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and these are all hooked to historical events. Um, Jesus rose from the dead. Forty days later, he ascended. Fifty days after he was resurrected, uh, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And so, Garland, we've run out of historical events <laughs> in the life of Christ, and so now we're moving into something that the the ancient church called ordinary time, which sounds like the boring part of the year. Lame. We yes. now, yeah, we're in ordinary time, and we couldn't think of something cool anymore, so we just call it ordinary time. It's the time. same thing yeah. every day. Yeah. So uh, I know as you, if, you, if you've been work, working through Clarity, uh, we're on page 95 in uh, week 28, by the way, uh, which is really cool uh, that we're over halfway through. But uh, yeah, w- what's up with that? Ordinary time. And I, I, when I was first kind of studying to, to put the Clarity book together with uh, the history part, because I'm the history nerd, um, I was kind of like, this is a downer. This is kind of a letdown. We got all this epic stuff with all this really cool kind of ancient symbolism that's been woven through calen- church calendars for literally centuries, and then we get to ordinary time, and it seems like it's not going to be that cool. Uh, and then as I was reflecting on it, uh, the the meaning, uh, finally, I think I, I got it. And here's, here's what ordinary time is. Ordinary time is when Jesus's people empowered, who've seen Jesus, who's been resurrected, who are now empowered by the Holy Spirit, get down to the business of making disciples, loving their city, serving each other on global mission to make Jesus' name famous in their, quote, ordinary time. So what is our ordinary time? Our ordinary time is we herald a resurrected king who washed our feet. Now we go wash others' feet, devoted to the scriptures, empowered by the spirit as we go out to serve and love a world that desperately needs Jesus. So that's not ordinary. Yeah, like, right. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's what we get to do now. Yeah. Whenever somebody tells me that their their story is boring, I tell them, you were dead and now you're alive. There's nothing boring about that. And so if our ordinary time is to be on mission for the risen Savior who's redeeming for himself a people and recreating the world... Uh, yeah, there's nothing boring about that. Right, right. And so uh, just as a, as a, maybe a picture for us, this is a, maybe a description of what this looked like in the early church. I know it's one of your favorite passages in the whole Bible, Michael. Would you read Acts chapter 2? I don't have to tell you the verses because I know you know what yeah, they are. Yeah, we're going to pick it up. Because you love this, this passage. We're going to uh, pick it starting up in, in verse 42. Verse yeah, you know, 42. I know you know where you want to go here. God, just let me read I the didn't passage. tell him this, but he's really excited. <laughs> I'm always excited to look at the end of Acts 2, as anyone who's been in Discover can tell you. Acts chapter 2, beginning verse 42, It's we call it the snapshot of the early church. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, in their community groups. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not actually in the text. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Michael just, just added to the scripture. Uh, so uh, anyway, we uh, th- this is not 
I'll just say it as colloquially as I can. That ain't ordinary. No. That's awesome. No. Uh, and what we want to do in this ordinary, this quote ordinary time, is we want to rightly understand Jesus. We're going to do a series of uh, where we look at the theology uh, of who Jesus is um, and what the the claims about Jesus mean theologically. Then uh, we're going to do that for the, over the summer. As we turn into uh, kind of the new year in August, the new school year at least, we're going to then see what happens, and I'm really excited uh, for this series, what happens when spirit-empowered people hit a city. And what, what does that city look like when Jesus' people show up? And so we're going to just look at a, a, a series of cities through the book of Acts and say, what, is a, what does a revolution look like when Jesus' people show up? Uh, and then we're going to look at what does the church look like in a city doing ordinary times? We're going to study a letter of Paul. Just Here's the Thessalonican church and their experience. We're going to read First Thessalonians, and that will conclude our, quote, ordinary time as we move into Advent for the 2020 year. And so that's where we're going in Clarity. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that um, we're already, like you said, past halfway, and that what you just described is going to take us all the way up to the beginning of December. And like you, I can't wait for those series. So just to zoom back into where we are right now, we're about to begin our theology section of the Clarity Experience, and we're going to look at the theology of who Jesus is. Uh, Garland, for those of us whose blood runs cold and we get a little nervous about being handed a multiple choice test about heresies when we hear the word theology, uh, tell us what to expect and and why as a church we felt like this was an important thing for us to engage. And you're right. I think anything with ology at the end, it makes us think academic, textbook, uh, you know, high school, college, those kinds of things. And for a lot of us, that's where we go. I don't want, I don't want to do that. Like, uh, and I actually hear pretty regularly, can I just like have Jesus? You know, that's, that's actually one of the points of clarity. And we're trying to get to know Jesus better. Why do we got to kind of clutter it with all this theology, all these words like atonement? And why do we have to do that? Let's just have Jesus. And, and the, the, the simple, maybe short answer of why we need to do this is, any statement about Jesus is necessarily a theological statement. Uh, I would go as far as to say any statement about most of the big questions of life is ultimately going to be a philosophical or, or theological statement. And so while this can sometimes be intimidating for us, uh, let's make it really simple. Uh, theology is taking our questions, our big questions, and by the way, Everybody has to take those big questions, whether you would, if you're listening to this or you have friends who are uh, atheists or agnostic or Buddhist or, or Muslims or Hindu, whoever we are, we all have the big questions. Who, how do we get here? Is there a God? Is there meaning to my life? Is there purpose in the world? All those questions. Is there destiny for me? Is there meaning in my suffering? All those questions. What theology is, is to take those questions and lay them before God and then hopefully respond to whatever God is is teaching us in his revelation to us. And so that's that's what theology is. And so we can take some of the uh, fear out of it with just, we want to have our questions rightly answered. And to answer it, we need to have God, we have God revealing himself to us. And so that's what we're going to do in this upcoming theology series. I'll say it as, as uh, maybe as pointedly as I can. When we say, give me just Jesus, let me just have Jesus. We then have to ask the subsequent question, well, who is Jesus? Which Jesus? And frequently, I think when we don't bring the question, what is that? Who is Jesus? What does he mean by this statement? How is he defined? All that's theology, by the way. When we don't do theology well, then Jesus can be 
uh, he can basically be any Jesus you want him to be. Uh, he can be the, the Jesus who just wants you to be you and kind of just do whatever you want to do and be happy and I don't really care. He can be that Jesus who comes alongside you, kind of the postmodern American hippie Jesus. He could be the Jesus who comes in swinging and really angry and wrathful. And we got to figure out what the Bible says about Jesus. And all of those are necessarily theological questions. So we're going to condense all that down in an eight-week series this summer. So I'm excited about the theology series, and I want to remind all of us that theology is best done in the context of community, that when we can gather and ask these questions and see what God's Word says about it and listen to God's Spirit that indwells us, we have a really good chance at arriving at the right answer and seeing Jesus more clearly, and we know that when we see Jesus more clearly, he's the exact imprint of the Father. We see God more clearly. So I want to encourage all of our listeners, um, God's Spirit, God's Word, don't forget the third ingredient, God's people, um, that we can hopefully, prayerfully, through this endeavor, see Jesus more clearly. That's our goal through the Clarity Series, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 